I've never broken my nail in somebody, but like, <laughs> I, you know, I would love to meet that person that, <laughs> that you know, that would let me do that. <laughs> Welcome to Fuck Yeah, the podcast where we say fuck yeah to sex workers. I am one of your hosts, Sarah Tomchesson, and I am joined my, by my very raspy co-host, Robin. Why, hello. <laughs> the best thing about getting a cold is getting the sexy voice. I know you, you really rock a good raspy voice. Thank you. I, I, my highest aspiration is to sound like Natasha Leone, but not all of us can on the daily, but about (laughs) once a year I get to. So I apologize and thank you. uh, You're welcome. (laughs) What, um, what's giving you a fuck yeah right now? I mean, aside from the fact that you're getting over being sick, so that's probably, you know, exciting, but Hopefully there are some other fuck yeahs in your life right now. Yeah, you know, I think I, my fuck yeah right now, I'm in a big growth period, mm-hmm. I think, in my identity, in my emotions and things like that. Um, I think coming out of COVID and having little tiny kids and now I have elementary school kids and they're actually in school, I'm having a little bit more time to think about myself. So I'm kind of like re Affirming, re-identifying my identity. Mm. I don't know if you've noticed, but um, I'm like kind of just putting it together a little bit more. And, you know, actually our conversation about you being a high femme affected Uh me a lot because I've just been like, even on days where I'm not going anywhere, I'm putting on my my dark eyeliner and stuff and just and I do feel that kind of not that it's a mask and not that it's armor. But it does kind of feel empowering to just look the way I like to look. Mm. I'm thinking a lot more about like, I feel like I'm going through, like I'm transitioning back into my old kind of hairstyles. I don't know if I'm trying to relive the good old days or something, but my hair keeps getting shorter and You're shorter. Like, wait, 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 I need a second try at this. Yeah. And actually our conversation about, you know, the black teeth and all of that stuff, like I brought out the black teeth again mm-hmm. recently and I'm just... I'm like, you know, I got to shave my head. I got to do all of these things that make me just feel like a big fun weirdo again, you know, because a lot of it, it's like trying to find how you feel about being a mom and all of this stuff. And I'm like, you know, when I go pick up the kids from school, sometimes I change my shirt. I'm like, I can't wear the jumbos clown room shirt or I can't (laughs) wear, you know, my, um, my, you know, sex pause, whatever shirt, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point now. I did wear my jumbos clown room shirt to pick up recently. I almost changed it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be me. Yeah. And two different moms were like, Oh, I love jumbos. Oh, still open. And like all of this that stuff. Is it was a conversation <laughs> starter. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. Next year when school starts again, 
I'm gonna be showing first up. First day of school. I'm gonna be showing up. Have your like perfect. They're outfit. all gonna know who I am. They're gonna know well, who I am. I have my uh, for listeners who cannot see me. I have my vulva uh, tie dye T shirt on today. I'm gonna take a picture of it right now. Of the different styles of vulvas. All right, look at me and smile. And uh, very nice. Uh, I think it embarrasses my daughter. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't wear it a lot. Mostly I wear it to teach, but I also was like leaving the house this morning and threw a sweatshirt on over it. So I'm like, oh, this is too much for elementary school drop off. This shirt is going to be, be, be too much for the other family. You know, I want to get to the point where it's not too much. And I think we have to kind of be the forefront of that sort of thing. Like when um, I was working recently on the little vulva boxes for Slutcraft and Mars, uh, my youngest who is six, he was like, what are you making? And I was like, I'm making these little boxes and blah, blah, blah. I didn't give him a lot of information about it. And then I think he overheard probably us talk and I used the word vulva box. And then so later he was like, mom, are these vulva boxes? And I was like, Yes, they are. <laughs> and he was like, uh, so why are you making vulva boxes? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I'm like, you know, for a long time, people have said that this part of the body is like shameful. It's not something we should talk about and all of this stuff. And I'm doing this to educate people and to make it fun and easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. And also they're real cute. And they're real cute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post some pictures of those too. So, yeah, I just think we got to get out there with this stuff, which I think has a lot to do with this episode about there's so much censorship Mm -hmm. of these fundamental parts of our lives Mm -hmm. that we've been told are nasty and shameful and dirty. And true, you want to have context and you don't want to be, you know, fucking in the streets and, you know, kids need to have some kind of censorship in their lives until they're ready to learn about all these things. But I'm just so over how puritanical everything is still yeah and the dominant culture i just don't feel like is qualified to be making these decisions we have we uh today are interviewing carly steif who is the writer and creator of the dildo or dildon't.com blog so smart so smart i love it (laughs) so much yeah so she has many different lives as a sex toy reviewer someone who's worked in adult shops for a long time so she just has a wide range of product knowledge if you're interested in pleasure products her blog is amazing but she's also a sex worker Mm -hmm. and she's been working online through platforms like OnlyFans for a long time she is a um, fat black femme so the ways in which censorship have impacted her are it's really, you know, dramatic, the differences in how certain bodies and people and identities and lived experiences are policed on these platforms. And so it's really an act of resistance, the work that she does, and being able to just continue to show up every day on these platforms in a really visible way, despite the algorithms, like uh, users manipulating community guidelines mm. principles. So we're going to talk to her about her experiences and also just she's got some tips out there if you are mm-hmm. interested in camming and getting into that kind of world. So 
Let's bring Carly on. I'm so excited. Let's do it. Carly, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. I have so many questions. I'm excited (laughs) to get started. First, we want to do some rapid fire questions with you. Just warm you up a little bit. What was the last podcast you listened to? I actually don't listen to podcasts because I don't like hearing people talk at me. <laughs> I <laughs> I like being on podcasts because then it feels like I'm less lonely because yeah. I work from home. But like, I don't like listening to them. So I actually don't listen to podcasts. That's great. You're a unicorn in the podcast mm-hmm. realm. Mm-hmm. I love it. What, what form of media do you participate in? Like, do you I, binge shows? Like, what do yeah, you like? Okay. I love reality TV. Right, it makes so what, me feel better about my life. <laughs> right? So what's the last reality TV show you watched? 90 Day Fiance. Oh, I yes. heard it's amazing. Like, the I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what do I you love about it? Um, That it makes me feel better about my love life, for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm like, well, I'll never be those people. So, you know. <laughs> at least there's that. <laughs> yeah, at least there's that. Uh, What's your most recent photo on your phone? Um, Actually, my new home decor. I just moved. So I'm in a much bigger space and I'm like nesting right now. So like taking pictures of all little things that I'm putting up on the wall, putting art up. And that was the last picture that I took. I actually just like put all this really shiny contact paper on my um, entertainment center because I want to bring a lot of color into the space because I'm in basement now. So there's no natural light. So I want to bring a lot of color into the space. I love that. I love nesting. Yeah. And you're in New York. And I feel like that is a very unique, like living in New York is an exercise in creativity. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I went from a space that had like absolutely no storage. So I had to like get all these storage pieces. And now I have all this like built in storage. So I had to get rid of all my storage (laughs) pieces. So it goes from like one extreme to another. Yeah, of course. What, um, who was your first celebrity crush? The Spice Girls. All of them? them? All of them. (laughs) Yeah, all of them as a whole. Would, do you feel like um, as individuals, you don't crush on them, but only when they're together or as individuals as well? Oh, no, as individuals and as an entity, for sure. And you don't have a favorite? I, I do, but it, it, it changes. It, it goes it goes back and forth. I would say like Scary Spice and Ginger are like the top. Mm-hmm. And then depending on how I'm feeling, it might it might go back and forth. I love that. Now, is that, do you feel like that kind of speaks to your poly nature? Absolutely. When I, when I first realized that you could date more than one person, I was like, oh, there's other people doing this. Like, yeah. it's a thing that people are doing. This is amazing. And did you, when you, like, when the Spice Girls piqued your interest, did that give you any insight to one person is not going to be the thing for me or was it just kind of a playful youthful far off crush no but in hindsight it's very telling yeah yeah that's great I love that it all makes sense when you look back absolutely what was your first mode of masturbation oh I stole my mom's 
she had this like back massager pillow that was basically just a vibrator shoved in a pillow <laughs> and I stole it and it was just basically a vibrator so like I discovered vibration really early and I was like this is amazing how old do you think you were oh I was like I was definitely in like elementary school so I was young I don't remember though so probably like probably like eight or nine yeah. Is that how old you are in elementary school? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. I mean, you're many ages in elementary yeah. school. You're definitely solidly still in elementary school. You're probably like in third grade, third or yeah. fourth grade. Around yeah, that like. sounds about I, right. Well, Luca's eight. He's in second grade. Yeah. I Ooh. discovered masturbation, I think, in third grade. So oh, here we come. That tracks. <laughs> it's going to be a different world. Does that start? Um, Carly, you have... Uh, I feel like been in so many different areas of, you know, the field of sexuality, the pleasure world, you exist, you have a pretty significant platform online and you have done a lot of online sex work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is an area that a lot of people consume, but don't necessarily understand and the censorship stuff has just gotten really amplified recently. Yeah. And I, I wonder if you could just lay the scene for us about, you know, what is online, what does online sex work look like right now from the perspective of someone doing the work? Like what is happening with OnlyFans? Where do people find you? Where do sex workers go to like have a safe interaction with people and actually fucking get paid? Like what is happening? If you're explaining it to someone who just really doesn't. I mean, and I do this frequently because people are like, I'm going to start an OnlyFans. And I'm like, do you have any fans? And they're like, no. And I'm like, how are you going <laughs> to start an OnlyFans then? Um, I think, first of all, I'd like to say that People don't realize that OnlyFans doesn't have any internal traffic. It's not like you can discover people on like Twitter where like you randomly come across a feed and you're like, oh, this is a sexy person. I'm going to follow them. That's not what OnlyFans is like. You have to know who you're looking for. So if you don't have any fans, you're not going to just find fans on OnlyFans. So you have to have some sort of following on there. That alone, I think, is the first thing that people don't understand about, like, you have to have a following because it's not just a sex worker platform. It's like Patreon or whatever. Like, you can do whatever you want on there because, like, I moved away from making just, like, regular porn. I do, like, in-use sex toy reviews now. So, like, it's pornography, but it's more of, like sex ed stuff where I'm talking about the toys but I'm like naked and using them so and people do you feel like people come to you because they know like now the evolution of where your platform has grown to like people know you as a sex educator Mm -hmm. so are people seeking you out for educational content specifically or do you think it's like oh the the education is just the icing on the cake no, people are seeking me out. Like I I kind of pivoted my content when I got an angry message from someone being like, this isn't the content that I expected. Like, why aren't you teaching on this content? And I was just like, 
my description is very clear that this is porn. Like I'm not teaching on this content. So I kind of was like, you know what? I could be teaching on this content and it would be a lot easier to make and probably more fun to do than coming up with really, you know, tired tropes of porn. And like, I get a lot of toys to try and it's easier for me to do. So like, that's what I switched to. But I think that that is such a great point though, that like, each of us in whatever thing you're doing, it's not just sex related, but you have to find the thing that actually fits where it's like, oh, this thing comes with ease. Like I can make this content. Like I have this wealth of information. I have these wealth of toys. I have experience doing porn. And so it becomes this like cosmic kind of meeting of all these things. Like this is the unique thing I have to offer to the world. I love that that is kind of how your platform has been shaped. But so with OnlyFans, if someone like say I'm someone who's wanting to go out, actually, (laughs) when I first uh, separated from my ex-wife and just you know, was trying to find my sexuality again. I was like, gosh, it's been so long since I've really consumed porn. Like I used to get DVDs. (laughs) What do I do now? And I started on just a random search. Oh my goodness. It was so frustrating. I didn't find anything. I felt so old. Like I was like, I I'm just going to masturbate to myself. Like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, so (laughs) if someone can't go on OnlyFans and sort of just haphazardly find you, how does someone find porn now? There's so many platforms that you can like pay for content that I think that you just have to look for those like ethical like platforms because like that's really just the the thing that makes the porn ethical is that the people are getting paid so like Pornhub completely demonetized people so all the content on there now like people aren't getting paid for you can't buy content on Pornhub so like a lot of people moved away from it and took their content off of there but like many vids is still a platform that like people can buy content from uh, there's there's a ton of them though, but I would say ManyVids is like the the biggest one that you can go to, and like camming websites are a really easy way to do that. And then you can like kind of build a rapport with somebody, and then get custom content, and that's always fun. And would you say that you find a lot of your followers on your social media platforms, and then they funnel in to your paid content, or how does that? How is that relationship formed online? Yeah, I don't like chit chat in my DMs on social media because like probably a good practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like if you're just like, hey, hey, hey. Oh, I know. Hey. Right. What is up with the hey? That's so I'm like, much. what? It's always dudes. Can you make have like two followers and no photos? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you make yourself <laughs> less significant? Away. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the cat so, call on the street. I feel like the hey mm-hmm. in the DMs is the equivalent. Exactly. Why so follow? like. But if you subscribe to my OnlyFans, and I put that very clearly in the thing, like I respond to messages in my OnlyFans header, and that's if you want to chat with me and you can like talk dirty to me and tell me how hot I am, and if you want to send me pictures of your genitals, that's the place to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love how interactive it is. 
It's yeah. like, I think the age that Sarah and I are, it we're used to this, like, you just find the content. You're, you, especially like in the 90s, any kind of content you could find was kind of golden. And now there's so much content, but you can actually interact with people and have a relationship with someone that you're not, you know, in the same space. I know this, I'm explaining something that's really obvious. No, no. But it's so interesting. But it is, but it's funny when you say that because I am not someone who really likes interacting Mm -hmm. with the content that I consume. And I don't know if that's a generational thing. There's plenty of people that don't ever talk to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine, no too. I'm, I, listen, if everybody wanted to chat with me, that would be exhausting. Right. Right. So, like, that's totally fine, too. There's only, like, a handful of people that really, like, want to talk to me. And that's fine. But, you know, I'm I'm mentally, for the first time, trying to cross this bridge of actually interacting. Like, I'm imagining finding someone who I was very attracted to. Because right now I'm in a slump with porn where I'm just like... I. I'd just rather not look at anything. I've seen so much and I'm just kind of super bored with it. But I would like to have like a spark of like looking forward to like some kind of content. So like it, I'm I'm imagining now maybe I should be like seeking out like a kind of online, you know, person that I can be a fan of. Ooh. And then like if I could get him to do stuff <laughs> that like I suggested, mm-hmm. like then there's like a kind of, like a uh, flutter of of sexual interest in your day-to-day yeah you know, I like, do think well, it can kind of it. replicate this idea of like call like call and response virtual reality stuff and I maybe for me it's that I am so deeply monogamous mm. that <laughs> I cannot imagine interacting with somebody because somehow that feels like making a connection that mm. there's just a block for me around that I can totally see why it would be so fun to be like oh I've chatted with this person online it has kind of like a flirty quality no one you know no one's being harmed so like mm. I'm able to live my life they're able to live their life this isn't fucking anything up in my relationship right I'm now like I'm suggesting a thing like hey could you use this toy in this way like I totally get why someone would be like that just really sets them on fire to have their desire seen and acted upon because so many people don't have that in their day-to-day life. Well, what a nice way, like if you're having a sexual, a a relationship where, um, you know, your sexual needs are not being satisfied, that you could Mm -hmm. have like another relationship with someone that is not going to be necessarily in person and that other kind of connection. Do you interact with couples a lot? Not a ton, but sometimes where they're both really interested in kind of exploring outside the relationship and that's the safe space where they can do it. Interesting. And usually they come from workshops that I've taught. Ah, I love that. Gosh, uh, are you teaching in person again or is it still all online right now? I haven't taught in person, but I would. Yeah, I really, I feel like I, I I'm missing it. I know a lot of people are really missing it. I think it's yeah, a lot. It's teaching online is hard. Like yeah. not having that energy is just really really difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's the energy exchange is kind of lacking. Um, yeah. I I want to hear about your experience specifically in your identity presentation. All of this, your lived experience. I feel like it is way harder for you 
to exist online just as a person, let alone as a sex worker. And I, I don't know that people actually really understand the levels of censorship that exists for people that do not meet European beauty standards. And I've learned a lot from your perspective and from your experiences that you've had that have really challenged, you know, just my, my thinking about all of this as well. And like ways to be more like supportive person online, like be a better person online, everyone. But like, (laughs) can you speak a little bit to the ways in which you are policed, not only by the platforms, but also by people existing on social media and then deciding that they just don't like your yeah like you for whatever fucking biased reason that they feel that can you just speak a little bit to like what your um experience is like you know i was having a great time on tiktok (laughs) i love making like the videos i think i'm really good at it i think I you know I think I make great content but like I had to change my filming angle because like if I show an inch of my chest Mm. they would flag the video no matter what I was saying and like there's people that are making the same exact content as me or worse or you know way more explicit content than me doing the same exact thing on tiktok and like their stuff doesn't get flagged it all just stays up and like my account has been like banned and removed and all my content gets flagged and i like i don't even post there anymore because i changed my whole filming angle to just include my face i like stopped holding toys up i like just included pictures for a while i stopped doing that i like just explained stuff i like changed all the words i used nothing mattered it just none of it mattered what would be your advice that you would give to another brown fat femme who has tattoos like how do you go because like your perspective is so valuable and so unique and people are looking for it and then the assholes are just coming and being like it's just users flagging you no it's the ai yeah because huh. it it automatically like sees it as soon as I post it, so it's not even people getting to see it. Because before it even gets seen by a human being, the AI sees it and is like, "Nope, too much skin." And that's what's different with TikTok's algorithm versus, say, like Instagram, right? Yeah, TikTok, like Instagram, Instagram like, I post the exact same thing and it doesn't get flagged at all. And Instagram is bullshit too because I was in their creator program that they invited me to, um, which basically you get paid for views. And my reel that I like did my joke about like, oh, we got a satisfying eight inches of snow that Mm -hmm. got like 200,000 views. They demonetized it, but didn't remove it. Mm -hmm. So clearly the content doesn't violate any community standards because it's still up, but you didn't want to pay me for it. Right. I picked something like super not phallic. It doesn't look like a penis. It like is like the least phallic thing that I could find. And like I didn't say anything explicit and I'm wearing a onesie. And you used it to measure the snow? Yeah, I dipped it in the snow and I was like, oh, it looks like we got eight inches. And like 
people thought it was funny i thought it was hilarious i've made that joke before and like it went viral and they won't pay me for it (laughs) you know it's so the i don't think a lot of people i mean unless you're kind of in this industry and you have experience creating content around sexuality you you're not kind of immersed in the history of the laws but the way that censorship laws have developed over the years in this country have been based on this quote unquote community standards mm-hmm. principle where you know what might be acceptable in one community isn't necessarily acceptable in another community but it creates a vague gray area where people can come in and you know the powers that be can come in and say this is considered lewd and we don't actually have to give you a reason i mean and i understand Facebook, Instagram, these platforms are private companies. They get to set whatever rules that they want. But I I don't think that people understand actually the level at which the content that is being fed to them is internally uh, restricted (laughs) and censored based on these vague, just the like culture's fear around sex and sexuality and who gets to be a sexual being which you can see someone oh hers I just saw an advertisement for hers which is a um, company that provides pharmaceuticals essentially Uh, and they it was a whole like mental health ad on like you know, sign up for hers and you can get your customized mental health plan. She is straight up in the video engaging in softcore porn. It has like, it practically has Vaseline on the lens. She's wearing lingerie. She's talking about her mental health crisis and it is glowy. And she's like posing for selfies essentially throughout the advertisement. And it's like, it is okay right. as long as you are selling X, Y, and Z. The second you are talking about sexuality or pleasure, you have to like wear the turtleneck mm-hmm. and you have to be blonde and in your 20s. And probably you should be wearing some glasses and, you know, have a certain vibe about you. Yeah. You can only sexualize if you're not talking about the sexuality. Yeah. And yeah. then like I've noticed on on TikTok, people are using segs, S-E-G-G, so instead of sex. And I'm like, <laughs> this is really where we're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is it's so puritanical, the the stranglehold on sexuality that we can't even talk about in, in an education way. Mm-hmm. Um, or just be sexually expressive. And really it depends so much on your on your body. Yep. How if you're allowed to do that. It's I mean, I've gotten to the point with my education where I'm pretty much exclusively using the word pleasure mm. in my copy. And I I get to see the reports from MailChimp that go out. I don't make it into people's inboxes. Mm. I just automatically get sent to spam. And mm. I'm not even, you know, doing the whole thing that you have to do on the platforms where you have to go S apostrophe e apostrophe x like you can't you can't even write so you word. can't spell the word sex no no that it's so nuts it's yeah. it's very frustrating one of the most important things in our lives we're not allowed to spell it Mm-mm. nope 
do you, I'm so fascinated, you know, I um, was a, a dominatrix and I, in the early 2000s, and I feel like that world, everybody was so fascinated with all the details of it. And I'm, because it's so hidden and secret. And I, and I'm, I'm really fascinated with this, uh, the world of like sex camming and all the details of that, because there's a lot, I'm sure a lot of things that you wouldn't expect is like a pet peeve or a myth or a rule or whatever. So I'm like, I'm wondering what are, what are some myths that you would uh, like to debunk or um, like the golden rules, or I'm dying to know like some pet peeves. Um, if you think that you are our friend you're not <laughs> number one rule <laughs> yeah um you should always be tipping um if you haven't tipped in a while or you can't remember the last time you tipped you should tip and what's the rule for tipping the more the better <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like how uh, often and how much would be like standard for I, I would say anything less than five dollars is just like you know not worth it yeah like at least give a five like if I can't buy a coffee with the tip it's not really a tip right yeah and do you tip like based on interacting with somebody or based yeah on I would say if I have like a long conversation with you you should throw me a tip or like if you really enjoyed a set that I did like mm -hmm. throw me a tip like mm -hmm. if you're really enjoying something like like if you go to a strip club and right. you like you pay to get in right that's the fee for the OnlyFans mm -hmm. and now you see a dance and you really like that you tip right like right. that's that's how it works like and I feel like people forget that and they're just like all these loitering people in my strip club. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh, like, so looky lose. Exactly. And I feel like it's like, I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso, but yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. The, the whole thing where they're talking about like being a therapist and being a coach and like you would still do it because you love it mm -hmm. but like you want to get paid for it mm -hmm. is like the whole thing it's like I do like this work I do enjoy it but I do want to get paid for it and mm -hmm. like just because I want to get paid for it doesn't mean that like you know it makes it any less valid or enjoyable or whatever and I think people forget that and it's just really annoying that they're like, oh, like, are you not enjoying this because you want to get paid? It's like, no, even like therapists and coaches and all the people that enjoy their jobs want to get paid for it. And that's at, like the confusion with sex work a lot of the mm -hmm. times where it's like, but I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, providing I, just, a service. I don't know what the hump is that we have to get over for people to start thinking of sex work as work. You know, and that it has actually historically been a much more valued um, kind of professional uh, endeavor, right? And yeah. it just, I think it goes back to this, like, our sexuality is so relegated mm -hmm. to these, like, kind of shadow parts of yourself where you don't really, there's no place to, like, let it air out and have it be a valued aspect of your humanity, and so it's really easy to like devalue sex work. And I, I cannot wrap my head around how you get people thinking differently about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, have, being able to spell S-E-X instead of S-E-G-G-S, <laughs> it would be like one step in the right direction. Like we can't even spell it. 
without it being censored and and crazy all the platforms don't let you talk about sex work and that's the thing they kick all of us off like even the ones that were allowing us to advertise like twitter and reddit like are just not they're not welcoming anymore like for reddit you have to just be you have to pretend that you're just like someone that likes to get naked for fun and like (laughs) hope that somebody discovers your link Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like like i've been kicked out of um subreddits because people are like oh i found your link and i'm like i'm not even advertising it like i'm just like posting because i want compliments like i'm just bored i'm sorry like i forgot that i even had my link in my bio like sorry (laughs) i'm just horny yeah happened too (laughs) what is one of your favorite interactions that you've had with someone online whether it's through OnlyFans or like what would be the what are we all you know so how, how can we all like what should we strive for in terms of interacting with you I mean I am a big fan of compliments if you come at me and just tell me how hot I am like I'm a big fan of that like (laughs) yeah like you got Pluto in your chart somewhere (laughs) no I'm full of Virgo (laughs) amazing yeah um I have a non-related question Mm-hmm. And that is about your fabulous nails. Mm-hmm. You always have such great nails. They're thematic. Sometimes they've got sex toys on them. But I know that people sometimes feel like they have to sacrifice certain sex acts in order to have their fabulous nails. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are your tips for folks who? love nails as much as you do and also love fucking all the time (laughs) uh well the first thing is is you can put nails inside of people i feel like people forget that like nails can just go inside of people Mm. i like they're not as sharp as they look um (laughs) you can pay attention to the shape like i have mine rounded so like they're not pokey they're not like particularly sharp and jagged um, there's also the cotton ball trick where you could put the cotton balls on your nail tips and then you put the glove on and that'll like soften anything out. Um, but there's also like a ton of finger vibes now that can go over your fingertips and then you have like a vibrating fingertip and who doesn't love that? Yeah. Have you ever broken a nail during sex? Cause that's what always, whenever I have nails, I just, I mean, I'm useless. Like I do one thing and, you know, it chips off or whatever. Or like trying to type. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've never broken my nail in somebody, but like, (laughs) I, you know, I would love to meet that person that, (laughs) that, you know, that would let me do that. (laughs) Be like, I got to go back in. I left something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm up for that challenge. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, I have a sex toy question for you. Okay. You are uh, the queen of wands. If you were a tarot card, that is the tarot mm-hmm. card you would be. Um, so, well, two-part question. Like, what is your favorite wand massager right now? Because I, I think that, you know, that is a toy category that people are specifically looking for. And do you have a toy that has come out recently that has really surprised you in terms of its like unique functionality. Hmm. 
Well, the wand one is easy. I am brand loyal to the magic wand. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've tried them all, and like the one and that the magic night stand is still it. Like, and did, do you like the plug-in, or do you like any of the variations? I, I like all of them. I I like all of them, but like I have upgraded to the rechargeable. It, you know, the it's vinyl doesn't agree to me. Like yeah. I have very sensitive skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the silicone is needed for me. Plus, and like, and this rechargeable magic wand has a silicone head. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Plus, like I need a, I need some freedom to not be plugged into the wall with the other yeah. versions. So, you know, the rechargeable yeah. is the way to go. I feel like it's just every wand maker. They're just trying to knock the magic wand off their pedestal, and it has not yeah. happened yet. I mean, I do think that the Doxy has kind of a unique, like some people prefer it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a wand. I've broken like six doxies <laughs> and like I've and like I've run into the doxy rep and they're like what do you think of the doxy and I'm like I've broken them a bunch and they're like no what about the metal one I'm like the metal one too yeah. <laughs> so you know and I've never broken a magic wand yeah they are they are tried and true yeah so like I don't know like doxy got a get a little sturdier before i can back them up but like the doxy is my backup but like it's a broken backup that's hilarious (laughs) and then uh a a toy a recent toy that has surprised you Mm, that is a good question oh it's it's like being released right now it's uh the strap on me it's the new version of their double dildo and it has this like flickering tongue for the wearer mm. so but it's like, like a reverse um rabbit like the rabbit sort of, facing yeah that way. basically but i really like the strap on me doubles because they're like bendable mm. and okay. they can be a bunch of different sizes so like you can really like get it to fit your body which is like the issue with really doubles hard. With right right yeah yeah, Do they so- have one that's realistic? No. Because this is what I have had a hard time find, like with my partner is like she is just not going to fuck with a cock that is not realistic. And we have never found our magical unicorn. Like it's definitely something that we like kind of dabble in and are really interested in making a more regular thing. And we have just never been able to find it. Yeah, they have like a realistic color, but it's definitely like not a realistic shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the strap on me's. All right. I love it. Yeah. I'm really liking what like Lovely Planet is coming out with. Ooh, I haven't seen a lot of yeah. their stuff recently. Yeah, they're coming out with like a whole new line of like dildos that like I recommended the blue color. So like that really pretty like periwinkle is me. Yes. So Oh God, <laughs> making your mark. <laughs> yeah, when it when it's in your butt, it's gonna be me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so where can people find you? And what are you up to these days? Your blog, your education, your OnlyFans? Well, all of my social media is makeup and sin. Uh so basically anywhere that you can find a social media handle that's makeup and sin that's going to be me 
Um, my blog is dildo or dildon't.com. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I try and update my beacons link to include anytime I'm teaching. Um, and that you can find on my Instagram because it's kind of annoying to find otherwise. Uh, what else? And my OnlyFans and my sexy alter ego is Chloe Venom. So if you want to see some sexy content, that's Chloe Venom. Um, but I, you know, I'm not teaching right now. I don't have anything in the books. But uh, there is some stuff that I'm trying to plan with Spectrum Boutique, mm-hmm. which is where I do my weekly Q&A. So, like, if you want to ask me questions about toys or, you know, dirty talk or body confidence, like, that's the place to do it. I do. I usually put the Q&A box on Monday nights and then I answer questions all day Tuesday. Um, I've also been doing the social media for NAS Toys. Uh, so if you want to see some really great, really funny reels and content, <laughs> definitely head to NAS Toys. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much, Carly. It was thank really you. nice to chat and keep doing your magical trifecta of things that you love. Everyone needs it. Thank you. Robin. Yes. What did you think of our chat with Carly? I mean, it, out? it was enlightening. I The big thing for me is just like there's still such a prejudice around um, bodies, around talking about sexuality um, and or it, much less expressing sexu- sexuality and um, and also around, you know, the algorithm is racist. Yeah, it's like who gets to also talk about these things, who gets to have a platform around them is so problematic. And I think one of the things that I was am thinking about now in regards to that, I mean, clearly the thing I think that stood out to both of us is the AI um, on TikTok is now being used to moderate content. And I did look it up. And the content categories that they are focusing on and that they consider violative are uh, they want it to be a safe space for minors. So nudity, anything pertaining to sexuality. And then they're also like, oh, yeah, and violence and graphic imagery is a problem, too. But when I've looked it up, that's it's lower on the yeah. list than the nudity stuff. That might just be me being overly critical and like reading into things. But I would imagine that an algorithm versus a human is going to be more sensitive to nudity because it can easily perceive skin, right? I guess. I mean, this is what I was wondering. I'm like, is the reason why Carly's getting censored so much is because like their body shows more skin because they are larger and so like if Mm, they were smaller would that even would they get flagged and how fucked up is that right like is it is the algorithm set so that like a certain percentage of the image or of the screen cannot show skin in which case like someone who is larger versus someone who is smaller, their skin is going to... So she was talking about like, oh, I've done it where I crop in and just show my face. Right. Like, is it 
oh, you've got to go really far back. And also, like, why are these community guidelines so obscure to us? Like, why can't we ever? I've tried to look into, you know, what are the specifics right. on what is allowed versus what is not allowed. And it's entirely it's based mystery. on this commute, quote unquote, community guidelines, which is arbitrary. I know it when I see it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And it's the whole basis of law in the United States. But you know, one thing that I was thinking about is we were talking about how we hate the use of segs. Ugh, segs. Oh, yeah. And I really, I always find it so insulting every time I put out content and I have to do S apostrophe E apostrophe X or just like leave some things blank or put a little asterisk in there or whatever. I'm like, what am I, 12? This is ridiculous. And so I think that I, with my content, I've actually been really resistant to use the coded language of the platforms. Like, well, if you don't like it, but I'm realizing I'm not playing the game and people aren't seeing the content. Right, right. And that like, maybe there is some value to embracing this coded language that is developing as much as we want to roll our eyes, but maybe that's me being old, is that actually... This is, you know, we've all been code switching, um, you know, marginalized communities, whether you're queer, black, brown, like this is, there's a long history of this, of using coded language. And maybe it's just time for me to embrace it. I mean, it's the, it's the path of the resistance. It's a way of resisting all of that, but it's so, it. It's just so it feels insulting in a certain way that we have to be at this level. It feels so juvenile. And um, I, I just don't understand why we can't openly talk about sexuality. I understand like, like, I don't want my kids seeing too much too soon. And I guess there would be an element that if they were on TikTok, if they were of that age, that I would be worried about that. But can there be a way where we're just not blanketly censoring? Because I would love it if my kids were of the right age and were on TikTok and we're getting good pleasure education, which is something it's a pleasure education has become a way of talking about sex education because you can't say sex. Right, right. You know, but it feels like really 1950s to mm-hmm. me or earlier that we can't overtly say these things like we're just getting to the point where we're teaching children the correct word for their body parts you know and it's like but online we're still in this space where you can't say the words well and it's also just like why is silence better it feels to me like this is like a this is where we allow like rape culture, yeah. so many misunderstandings around, you know, basic anatomy, pleasure, bodies. It, like, why is it better that those things are not out in the open? I think that that's, and I know like I've been immersed in this profession probably for too long to have a good mm-hmm. sense of it because I don't think that the evidence is there that with less information our kids are safer it's such bullshit I think actually they're more at risk because we don't have a foundation of understanding consent bodily autonomy and that yes pleasure is a part of sex and guess what like their bodies are gonna go through a process where they get infused with all these hormones Mm -hmm. and that's 
evident at that stage. Like it is a primal. A hundred percent. And we've asked multiple people now, and I can't wait to ask a hundred more people, what was your first mode of Mm -hmm. masturbation? Mm -hmm. And more than half so far, I believe, has said that they started masturbating, including you, before they went through puberty. Mm-hmm. So for all we yep. know, our kids are masturbating right now, yeah. hopefully not in <laughs> class. <laughs> but, you know, it's like their sexuality is already there, that babies have a sexuality, and it, it really kicks into overdrive. But it's like when they're teenagers, but it's like we just if we push it down underground, it doesn't make it safer. Like you're saying, it makes it actually worse. It's like what's going on with the abortion uh, debate, if you can call it that or takeover. Mm -hmm. But it's like just because you make it illegal doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So how can we do this in a safe way that makes sense where people aren't, you know, miseducated and at their wits end before they you know, have to do something. Yeah. And I think that like, it's important to maybe just say it out loud. Like, I don't think either of us are arguing that kids should receive, you know, all of the information at every, you know, obviously like the way that their brains develop, like they're not attaching erotic or like desire oriented, um, approaches to their self-exploration until a certain age and like I don't think that kids should be exposed to porn I don't think that adults should you know inappropriately share about their sexual desires with or around kids but I also think that like It would be very easy for these platforms to have like up to age 13 right? um, or up to age 18 uh, platforms where there are some like parental restrictions just like you have on TV. Not that I also don't think there should necessarily be nudity on these platforms either, Right. right? But like for you to not be able to give any kind of information about like the best materials for sex toys or like why lubricant reduces friction or like these kind of basic fucking basics um doesn't it just like the algorithms could be really focused on violent hateful content rather than all of this energy going into let's make sure that there's not any nudity there is one thing though and i don't know that we are like I don't know how deep we can go into this, but when I was looking into the the censorship algorithm, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know a whole lot about how they function, um, there were a couple things that came up that I was really uh, appalled by. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like the rise of digital media platforms in general, but then the censorship Uh, in particular has meant that when you're creating an algorithm basically you plug a bunch of words into it like these words are not okay this is probably going to be sexual content or violent content or hateful content 
And algorithms don't have the same mastery of language that we have. So they don't really know how to handle the euphemisms, the absence of a word where a person kind of has to fill in the blanks based right. on context. So they like, don't get metaphor. Yeah. So it's actually very creative. And I realize like I need to be less of a hater on segs, <laughs> S-E-G-G-S, <laughs> because it is a form of creativity and uh, resistance. Reminds so, me of those little egg yeah. pantyhose, legs, <laughs> segs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh. I'm, I'm coming around to the code words. But do you know that one of the words that is um, banned or that's in the algorithms is black? Oh, God damn it. Uh, yeah. It's so upset. And this is the problem. You start, you start discriminating against these words and it really just becomes a cultural reinforcement of all the discrimination that we experience outside of an online space. And, and that was the great hope of the internet that we could have free communication and actually get to the realness of things. Um, But so it's like, if you're, if like, where do you draw the line? And obviously they're drawing a line way far out of what we want. They're saying that black is racialized terminology and they are politicizing racialized terminology and so that means that for black creators oh my god if you are on a platform doing something just like silly and fun and lighthearted, you are likely not going to get policed as heavily as if you are also a creator of color who is putting content out there that is centered around racial equity, social justice, because now you're entering the arena of what they are deeming as politicized content that is harmful. And I just, I don't know, someone can, is there anyone out there who is an expert on this who can explain to me why this is keeping us safer? I mean, please. obviously, this is not please. Right. And the politicize it makes me so angry that. when our when our bodies are considered political. You know, it's like when when your 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 gender, your skin color, your your I ethnic background, your lived experience um, becomes it becomes politicized. Becomes something that has to be censored. Right. Because it's political. It's like, I'm just out here living my life, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. It's very upsetting. Like, I'm wondering, the the whole thing, like, if if Carly has six-inch cleavage, then that's considered too sexual, you know? Or if I'm, you know, saying Black girl magic versus Black Lives Matter, those, it's this, it's not political it's just like a fact that you're talking about you know you're just talking about your life you know or if you want to talk about that you had an abortion this is my life that I'm living the deep choices that I'm making and that's going to be a political thing that I can't talk about because and it's only political because some people don't like that and they don't think that you should be able to talk about that or that you know your lives don't matter or whatever it is makes me it's very upsetting I mean this is like I do feel this is where I get very engaged of like, yes, we're doing like, we're talking about fun things like sex and, and pleasure and things that we find like fundamental growth periods in our life. But because there is still to this in 2000, whatever, we have people that are like, no, you don't get to have your sexuality. 
You don't have, you don't get to have your own identity. You don't get to do what you want with your personal time in your life. We're going to tell you what, what we think you should do because of whatever Bible thumping or whatever it is that we grew up with. It's so aggravating. Yeah. I think that like, I feel okay with anti-vaxxers having to use (laughs) euphemisms like red pill, but I think when we get into the arena of like someone sharing about their own identity and their humanity, mm-hmm. like this is where it becomes fascist. Yeah. And I think that this is, um, you know, a topic I'm really interested in continuing to explore. Hey, you know what? I'm willing for anti-vaxxers to not have to use red pill. <laughs> So I don't have to use segs. <laughs> thing about it, too, is like, where do you draw the line? If you're coming from like a hateful, oppressive space, like if you're an incel that wants to spread, you know, hateful thing about women or whatever, I, I'm not down with that. Where do we draw the line? I mean, I think we know where we draw the line. <laughs> so I don't know. I just want whatever. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I have an is it just me? Oh, I'm really excited because I thought I only had an is it just me. But it was just me. I think we all have is it just me's. Uh, Okay. I cannot wait. I don't know where to start. What the best arc for this story is. Uh, But I will put some teasers out there. It involves peeing. And the days. Yes. And uh, I'm really curious if my urethra is positioned in a really weird place. And also, how did I get to be 40 and never learn that until now that I pee horizontally? Huh. Okay. So okay. here's what happened Andrea, my girlfriend, put in. Uh, finally installed her bidet at her place and you know I mean she's a handy woman she always wants to do things like perfect Mm -hmm. in the right way and the instruction said to put these little bumpers on the toilet seat that kind of lift it up so that your toilet seat isn't tilted and it's not affecting Uh, your like sitting experience and blah 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 blah. and so I pee on her toilet for the first time and I am telling I peed all over myself that's hilarious. All over the floor. <laughs> I like shot out of the toilet onto my legs. And I'm just like, what is happening? Love it. Where did I, what, what's, what, how do I not know how to pee? So when I go pee, yeah, I sit up straight. Mm-hmm. Do you sit up straight when you pee? Oh, I mean, I have a trouble sitting up straight in general. Um, do you lean forward? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I do is I think... Was I supposed to learn this at a certain stage? I mean, what are we supposed to learn at any stage? But I I would say that I do a weird thing where my my feet... I'm on tippy toes. Okay. So my knees are up. Yeah. And I do think I lean a little bit forward. I feel like I have a pooping stance where like, you know, it's almost like... What is that? Squatty pad? Squatty pad. I will tell you, I always grab my kid's little stool. I think the stool will forever be in the bathroom now, even when they're six feet tall, because now I'm just like, take that little, you know, light blue stool from Toys R Us when they used to exist and put it right there. Um, So I do. So I I knew this, that like evolutionarily, whatever, like we were squatters, right? Squatting poopers (laughs) as humans. And that that is a better stance for 
pooping. Mm -hmm. But I just always kind of assumed, well, my urethra is facing down. I'm peeing into the toilet. So come to find out that before Andrea dated me, she never had a little bit of pee on like the lip of her Hmm. toilet. Mm -hmm. And I've always had a little bit of pee. I hope this isn't grossing anyone. No, it's just pink. Um, but like, you know, when I clean my toilet once a week, I just, there's always a little bit of pee right there in the front of the lip. And yeah. she was like, I only, that never happened before. And I was like, you didn't think to, t- like, you didn't think that it was me? She was like, I didn't know it was there all of a sudden. I'm like, really? I came and started using your toilet. Well, I mean, didn't realize. And, but so these bumpers uh-huh. from the bidet. So there's no barrier now. Create a gap uh-huh. between the toilet and the toilet seat. And so my pee just shoots straight out of there. That's hilarious. So now I have to do this weird hunched peeing stance <laughs> on her toilet in order to keep my pee in the toilet. And I'm... Hmm really confused have you taken a look at your 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 urethra since you know i haven't examined it i mean i've definitely i've gazed at my vulva before i've taken the mirror out but yeah maybe i should compare it to should we get some mirrors and like strip down right now (laughs) um i would say i've noticed for me that depending on my pubic hair where my pee goes changes when i have more hair Uh it actually goes more straight down do we think that that's a no the function of the hair is to make sure that things don't go into your vulva is that right what it is i thought it had something to do with like catching like eyelashes (laughs) wow i don't know wow like i it's the eyelashes of the vulva (laughs) oh my god sarah (laughs) Oh my gosh, I think we need to make a pin. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The eyelashes in the vulva. I love that. So, okay. All right. Everybody write that down. <laughs> I mean, Everybody. What is the function of pubic hair? Is it to preserve? I know all the extra skin, like the um, protects the frenulum and the labia protect the clit to preserve sensitivity. What does the hair do? Maybe I mean, it helps guide your urine, everyone. I mean, I've always felt I've had mixed feelings about pubic hair because it does seem like it would be a catch-all for things coming out and like holding on to bacteria and things that coming in and out. And like, so I'm kind of like, what the, why? Okay. You know, we're going to have to look this up. Yeah. Someone's going to have to tell us. Yeah. Please write in and tell us. Please tell us why do we have pubic hair? What's the point? (laughs) But, you know, I'm also like kind of over the idea of like, why this and why that? I mean, evolution doesn't always have a why. Sometimes it's just like, well, that's a leftover. No, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, sure. some people have said, or I've heard that it's um, it's to reduce friction on your thighs you when, you're, when you're walking so that your labia and shit aren't like sticking to your thighs and getting you all a mess because oh, yeah, you're walking yeah. all the time foraging and shit. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Those sensitive pill babies. Yeah. So, um, but I'll tell you this: like, I used to be very pro pubic hair back in the day. Now I'm not. Or my own, my own. I didn't give a shit what other people are doing, but I used to be like, no, I I don't shave. Really good approach, everyone. (laughs) 
Don't give a shit what other people do with their bot. Do what you want. <laughs> but for so you had full bush. I was like bush bush and even like labia and stuff. And um and I did feel like the few times I would shave now and then, like my pee would go everywhere. Mm. And then if I had the bush, it would just follow the hair straight down. Yeah. I mean, now I'm a landing strip gal. So yeah. maybe maybe I'm missing an opportunity here to guide my urine in the proper direction maybe just or maybe i just have to hunch while i pee and it feels very unappealing hey me. maybe get uh one of those stps you know stand the peas oh yeah i could just start being a, a standing peer or you could be a sitting with an stp oh you know yeah. so that at least you're not like messing up your gf's girlfriend i mean <laughs> what floor <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm messing up my GF's girlfriend. Right? Uh, I'm not peeing all over my girlfriend's floor. Yeah. I mean, that is... That would be cool. great if it was the just me where Andrea's like, you know, it used to be that it would just go straight into my mouth, but yours is like all over my face and hair. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear, Sarah. Oh, oh, well, thanks, thanks for hearing me out. Um, but yeah, I doubt it's just you. I would love to hear from other people if they are a sprayer. Or a streamer. Your wild urine. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about your urine. Does pubic hair affect it or anything else? And you know what else? It might also be, I hate to say it, age because our bodies are just changing. I have noticed since I'm 40, and maybe it's just because the 40 is such a mile marker in our minds, but I've noticed since I'm 40, like one, I heal way slower and have way more aches and pains, Avi. But then also I've noticed that my labia have changed. My vulva looks different. I, I always had like any inner labia and now they're like, hey, what's up? Poking out and being like, and I don't mind it. For a while I was convinced I was going through early menopause and my OB was Your like. was changing. Yeah, I was like, but my junk feels different. And I was like, I feel like I'm sitting on it now. Like I feel <laughs> like before it used to just not, you know, it was just sitting and now I feel like I'm sitting on it. Wow. Um, I feel like everyone is getting like multiple, is it just me right now? Like, oh yeah, I should be labia. saving this. Is your is your labia changing shape? Yeah, and size. Uh, yeah, let us know. I would really love to hear from someone um, who is older than us um, how it's like really changed over time. Like I'm fat. I'm interested to know what conversation we'll be having about our labias when we're eighty. You know, it would also be fun to have a OBGYN. Mm -hmm. Who just looks at labia all day long, all every day. day, to tell us, like, what, I mean, I know, I, I've got some on my shirt right now. I want to know what that but. experience is like straight up, like seeing that much genitalia all the time. Because, you know, we've been working on some, some art coasters where I've had to look at and you've had to look at a lot of genitalia. And I love genitalia, mm -hmm. so much respect yeah. for it. It gets, I get burnt out pretty yeah. fast. And I'm like, I just, I got to take a break from looking at all these dicks and vulvas. Like it gets hard and after a while. They're kind of hard for me. The butt too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me. Like I reached a threshold when I was the buyer at the pleasure chest of how many gaping assholes I could look at. <laughs> like seriously, I was like, I can't, I would hold my hand up. I can't look at any more gapes. Yeah. I yeah. just, all I, the, I love all the gapes from all the porn cups. So much porn emails like, and you just open an email, gape, gape, gape. And I'm like, I can't guys, I can't anymore. Uh, <laughs> but okay. really I saw so many before I got burnt out. It took thousands of gapes <laughs> before I got there, but now I'm just a little sensitive. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks. I appreciate your 
affirmation. <laughs> All right. Let us know about your labia and your pee. Is it just Sarah? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for tuning in to our rants. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to hear and from you. Amazing guests yeah. that we have sharing with us. We hope you enjoyed it and send us some comments, some suggestions and um, whatever you want to tell us about. Have you been censored on TikTok? Uh, what's your opinion of all the algorithms? Are they racist? Are they sexist? Are they yeah. upholding the patriarchy? Yep. And don't <laughs> forget to find us at Fuck Yeah Pod and rate, review and subscribe anywhere you listen. And please, we hope that you are finding your Fuck Yeah. Fuck yeah. Knocking them out of the park. Fuck Yeah! Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Sarah Tom Chesson, and Robin Jennings. Theme music is produced and performed by She, Her, Sir. You can find out more about what we're up to at fuckyeahpod.com or reach out directly at fyeahpod at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the pod, give us a hand. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen. And make sure to share it with a few friends. Thanks so much for tuning in.